AM 790 Talk and Business presents Water Fire Ignites Rhode Island with your host, Bronwyn Dannenfelser. Join Bronwyn to hear about the next Water Fire event in downtown Providence, plus other great cultural events happening in the community. Now, here's your host, Bronwyn Dannenfelser. And hello, 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 and welcome to Waterfire Ignites Rhode Island here on AM790, your station for talk and business. We are underwritten by National Grid and our other wonderful sponsor, Lifetime Medical. So I want to give a nice big shout out to them for making this program possible. And hey, we're back on Wednesdays. We haven't been preempted by the Yankees again. Thank God. Um, I'm so happy to be back here with you on this perfect drive time hour between 4 and 5. A beautiful day out there. Really, really hot. But I hear it's going to actually uh, be cooling off a little bit for the weekend for a beautiful water fire lighting that we've got coming up on September 12th, which should be uh, pretty phenomenal. And I've got a great group of guests today that will be talking about everything going on at the September 12th lighting. But before that, I wanted to um, do a very large shout out to everybody who came out to support Water Fire last week at the Fireball, which was our big fundraiser in our new building. There was over 300 people there, over $150,000 raised. People got to see all of these fun performances. And one of the really neat things that we had there, um, in addition to all the 1031 characters that you might be familiar with seeing in Memorial Park, the live statues so the gargoyles and the butterflies um we also had this really incredible signature cocktail which was made by the one and only Wilda Van Nostrand, who is going to be my first guest today. Um, the E&O Tap, which is the family bar uh, and a big supporter of Water Fire. And uh, Willa kind of came together, and Willa designed a signature cocktail because she really is an apothecary when you look at it and the way that she approaches um, all the work she does with uh, really making these beautiful concoctions, which I call more of elixirs and, and potions of sorts, um, one would say. But so, Willa, thank you so much for making that what was it the water fire sparkler yes it was the water fire fireball sparkler all right and so all right but for anybody who's listening because i know you do everything with fresh juices and it really it added just such a fun element and people couldn't stop drinking them and we had to be we had to warn them those are potent <laughs> watch out but what what was in the water fire sparkler so the water fire sparkler had a base of sweet ginger vodka by crater lake and then there was a pear cordial by Merlet. Then we added pear nectar and fresh pressed lemon juice. And then to top the whole thing off, we had sparkling wine. So it was really a spritzer. Yeah. It was a lovely, light, kind of citrusy, nectarous cocktail. Yeah, and I know you've been doing this. So, well, I know that you've been working with the family at the ENO. And again, I'm going to give them a big shout out because um, not only do they donate to the Fireball event, but they do a lot for Water Fire throughout the entire season. So to John Dannenfelser, Tim Dannenfelser, Richard Dannenfelser, Glenna and Willa Van Nostrand, um, just a really big thank you for being so generous and kind to, you know, Water Fire and helping us to do what we do. But I want to talk a little bit... You've not only been working with the bar, but you started this company called Little Bitter. How long ago? So Little Bitter Artisanal Cocktails is a cocktail catering company that I started about five years ago. So I could visit these private parties and, uh, you know, big special events and festivals and provide signature cocktails. 
Yeah, and I, but I think that one of the things that people have always remarked on whenever you've done something with Waterfire, or when mm-hmm. I've seen you out and about anyway, mm-hmm. is... I know that your background is very varied. So, I mean, I call you a triple threat. You are you, <laughs> not only are you, you're smart, you're beautiful, but you have um, a history of acting. Mm-hmm. And so I know that you bring a performance aspect to everything that you do when you do something with Little Bitter. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Yes. Um, my background is in theater. I went to Sarah Lawrence College. Um, so there's this whole element of costume in my history that I really love. I love to dress up. So for little bit of events, um, my staff and I will dress up in vintage garb. So think cocktail dresses from anywhere between the 20s and the 60s and all of the shapes that go with that. So think cocktail aprons and crinoline. Sometimes we'll do the fluffy underskirts, um, silver trays. Think of all of the cocktail paraphernalia if you will so the shakers the jiggers the the silver spoons the mixing tins we bring all of that to the bar i've seen you walk in with a suitcase that's filled with all fresh herbs from your garden too so yeah you come you've got the wardrobe but you've also you got a suitcase full of herbs which i think is always kind of cool lots of edible blossoms fresh herbs a lot of times we'll make simple syrups with fresh herbs so there's definitely an element of seasonality and you know there's a real new england twist to this because we're using things that are grown in season here that's what usually really inspires the cocktail and i also know that you have um well actually i I just want to back up a little bit so Mm -hmm. we know you graduate you're an actress and what what is it that makes you decide that this is something this is a direction you want to move in and that you want to move into the it's not catering but mm-hmm. it kind of is it's performance art mixed with a service which is just really cool right it's taste and and i do really consider it theatrical um it's the performance of making the drinks but also the invention of the drinks and it's taste for me i'm inspired by flavors and i'm such a food person this is kind of my my way to partake in the culinary world. Um, and I've, I've grown up bartending. So that, that element is definitely there. Um, so at this point I've been doing it for over 10 years and all of a sudden I have this company and I need to pull in all of my passions. So that's really what little bitta is for me. So it is a culmination of all these different aspects of your personality. I know that your mother is an incredible wise woman and does wonderful work with herbs. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you picked up a lot of that. Definitely. Growing up. Yes. And um, is there, a, I also, uh, I'm aware that, you know, if everybody out there doesn't know this, um, Barnaby started this year the beer garden. Mm-hmm. And I can't pronounce it. I've got a German last name, but I can't pronounce what the heck it's called. Did you know what it's called? I, be- I also, unfortunately, cannot pronounce it. <laughs> All right. Well, what it is, we've got a German beer station that is now positioned, and it's a beer garden. So it's almost kind of like a little bit of an Oktoberfest, right? Mm-hmm. Happening right down near the GTEC building in Water Place Basin, because he thought, wouldn't it be fun to add, again, almost like another little feeling of traveling somewhere else because at Waterfire, anywhere you go, mm-hmm. you're going to happen upon something that's like different and that kind of has a neat feel to it. Mm-hmm. So I know that you're there at the beer garden. What are you doing there? So we're at the beer garden every Waterfire for the rest of the season. And so it's a beer garden. There, Trinity Brewhouse is there with beer and sausages and things. And we're there with cocktails inspired by German recipes. 
So we usually debut two cocktail recipes per water fire. And one of them is usually a sparkling cocktail and the other is usually a light vodka or gin-based cocktail. So, all right, can you tell us what we might be able to see this upcoming weekend? Yes, we can have a little sneak peek in. Um, so we just worked on these menus today. So we're still working a little bit, but I, I can give you the, you know, the little nudge-nudge. Right. We've got um, a vodka-based cocktail with pear. I'm really into pear right now. I feel like it's it's a flavor I know I've always liked, but I'm just I'm going for it. It's mm-hmm. almost fall. I need some I need something warm and spicy. So we also have um, the lemon juice, and then we have a spiced cordial that goes into that, and then we're topping it off with prosecco, so sparkling wine. It's actually similar to that Fireball Sparkler um, because I was so in love with that cocktail, I wanted to run with the pear. Our second cocktail is called the Erbswald, which means in German the autumn forest and that is our first debut of a rye whiskey cocktail in the beer garden which is really exciting for us and then we have saint elizabeth allspice dram so again a really spicy warming cordial with notes of clove and cinnamon Mm -hmm. and then fresh lime juice so it's technically a rye sour because there's citrus in the cocktail, um, and we top it off with a little bit of sparkling water just to really make those flavors pop. What? All right, this is going to sound like a stupid question. What's the difference between a rye whiskey and a regular whiskey? Is it- um, well, the difference is how much rye is in the mash of the actual booze. So, say in bourbon, it has to be at least 51% corn, and it's going to be sweeter than rye, and um, the flavor profile of a bourbon versus a rye, that bourbon's going to be, again, sweeter, and rye is going to be more fiery and spicy and earthy. All right, so when you're thinking of these recipes, mm-hmm. because as you said, you're like still in the process of like creating them, do you just sit in the kitchen and, you know, pull out all the liquor bottles and just start playing around with the... There's there's definitely part of that. And there will be people who will request certain flavors. And I'm always open to that. Um, there's this inspiration phase where, again, I go back to what's local, what's seasonal, what can we use? So for that first Bartlett Spritz cocktail, what can we use? Pear. Pears are coming into season. That's so exciting. After a summer of, you know, watermelon and strawberries and raspberries, we're getting into the stone fruit now. Yeah. And so how long will that carry on before we hit, you know, kind of the Christmas cocktails? Because I've had some of your Christmas cocktails Mm -hmm. before and they're absolutely lovely, but they're very more cinnamony Mm -hmm. to me. Yeah. They're generally more spicy. Mm. Um, I'd say through mid-November, then we get into more citrus heavy cocktails because that's the season for it, the winter citrus. And have you found that there's a, a trend um, as to what we're seeing? Like, are people going back to the old drinks of the Manhattans and, you know, things like that? Or are people more into newfangled martinis? I've seen a lot of those with, like, cucumber water and pickle juice and stuff like that. Um, I'd say there are definitely lots of classics happening right now. So we're going back to the martini, the Manhattan, the old fashioned. You really can't go wrong with those recipes. And then what we're coming into now is what we're calling modern classics. So those are spins on, again, the martini and the old fashioned that are pulling in, uh, you know, more, 
I guess, modern ingredients. There's more imagination happening. So can we, I know that you're a contributing um, writer to Little, or the Edible Roadie magazine, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I write for Edible Roadie. So do we think that at any point in the future, Willa, we'll be able to see a little better um, kind of recipe book for cocktails coming out? You know, it's in the works. Funny you should ask. Um, I've been compiling a a book of recipes and I'm working on it. So yes, I'm hoping hopefully in the next year we'll be seeing a little more of that. Because people actually ask me mm-hmm. who have been to either I when you've done stuff and been to parties, they ask me for the recipes and then I've got to email you and I'm like, she should just write a book. This would be just <laughs> What's so much that easier. recipe? Yeah. yeah. I'd say I get at least two requests each week for a recipe either I've done or hey, I want a bourbon cocktail for this party. Can you suggest something? So there's a call for it, definitely. And as we're going into the holiday season, you are available for people to reach because I know that you, and you'll be doing a lot of parties, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. How can somebody get in touch with you? Um, you can Google me. Uh, you can go to my website. I'm www.littlebitta.com, B-I-T-T-E, bitta.com. And I have a Facebook page. I have a blog. There are recipes. You can really find it all online. Excellent. So I know that we'll put that up in the water fire um Facebook page as well as okay. well as on the on the radio show, but people should definitely reach out to you because I know you book up rather early. I do. We're we're definitely booking for the holidays. So if you have a party gathering, any kind of function you're thinking about that you might need a bar service or signature cocktails, um, we would love to talk to you and start looking at the calendar. Yeah, and, oh, you were saying something before we came on the air. Mm-hmm. What's going on? Is there an oyster fest? Oh, happening? our next big gig. It's coming up. It's September 19th. It's the Ocean State Oyster Festival. It's happening down on Riverwalk uh, in downtown Providence, and it's from noon to five. The first annual Ocean State Oyster Festival. We're really excited about it. We'll be there with signature cocktails by Little Bitta. Well, you know what? Well, I'm very, very proud of you. That's it's an amazing work that you do, and it's inspiring and it's fun. And thank you for everything that you and the family have done for Water Fire and everybody out there. Check out the beer garden. Check well, it out. We'll be there we'll this be Saturday. There Saturday. You're listening to Water Fire Ignites Rhode Island here on AM 790. And when we come back, we're going to be talking to one of our sponsors of this upcoming weekend's fire um and it's going to be a really exciting weekend And hello, 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 and welcome back. You are listening to Waterfire Ignites Rhode Island here on AM790, your station for talk and business. I'm Bronwyn Dannenfelser. I'm the Director of Development for Waterfire and your host. And boy, do we have a great, great lighting coming up this weekend. And it looks like the weather's going to chill down just a little bit because... It's nice out, but it's a little hot out there today. I kind of felt like I was melting on my way into the studio. But that's why we're all excited, because this weekend the weather looks like it's going to be perfect. And we have this incredible sponsor that's come back now twice um, to join us at Water Fire. And it's the Northeastern Society of Orthodontists. And every every year they have an annual meeting, and they go somewhere fabulous. And this is the second time, at least since I've been at Water Fire, that they've chosen to come do something at Water Fire. And they're just a really phenomenal group of people. And I'm very uh, honored to have Dr. Chris Lund who is the president of NISO, uh, here with me today. And again, the sponsor of this weekend's fire. Without uh, NISO's help, we wouldn't be able to throw this big old party this weekend. So hi, Chris. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Great 
Yeah, you know what? It's uh, we've been planning this for a while, haven't we? We have, we have. It's been very exciting. We're um, we're thrilled to be sponsoring Waterfire and just really excited to be back in the beautiful city of Providence. Well, you know what I loved? I was watching the video that you have on your Niso site, and well, well, actually, let's start with for anybody out there, what is Niso exactly? Right. So Niso is the Northeastern Society of Orthodontists, and we're a not-for-profit corporation. We're a constituent of the American Association of Orthodontists, a group that people may be familiar with. That's the National Organization of Orthodontists. And we serve orthodontists in the states of Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, of course, Connecticut, New York, and some Canadian provinces, including Quebec, New Brunswick, Prince Edward Island, Nova Scotia, and Nova Scotia, and Newfoundland. Well, wow, that's quite a list. It's a lot of us. Yeah, there's a lot, of, and they're all going to be here this weekend. Yeah, how, so how many people are you expecting? Should be well over a thousand. Um, wow. It'll be orthodontists and staff and um, support personnel and a lot of the corporations involved in some of the innovative appliances that we use to create smiles. Well, and I mean things are changing ever so quickly, as we know in in, in orthodontistry and Invisalign right. and everything else that I've seen coming out. You know, when I was a kid, you either had to have braces and they were kind of just those big steel braces but now there's a lot of different things that are happening and it's funny um how important i was talking to somebody and i think it was jack kasowitz uh who i know you've worked with closely um about this but smiles are so important just even when you walk in and you see somebody and they smile at you and i know that sounds really kind of funny but it, it brightens up somebody's day you're preaching I'm... to the choir yeah well uh, you know, yeah. It's a, it, what, what, have you always wanted to be an orthodontist you know, it's funny. I was inspired. Um, I was back in the era when kids weren't that excited about getting braces, and I was one of those kids. I was told you should really get your bite corrected, and it wasn't a cool thing to do back then. I finally gave in, and around age 18, older than many of my peers, uh, finally relented and had some orthodontic treatment done, and I was inspired by the process. I was fascinated by the science. But more than that, I was emotionally touched by the change it created in me. Yeah. And um, and since then, I sort of took off. I, I love what I do every day, and I find that's true for many of my colleagues, especially the folks who are going to be here this weekend in NISO. Yeah, well, I mean, a thousand, just, just in general, not only for water fire, but to bring a thousand people into the city of Providence for this convention, it, that is such an economic driver for us, and that it, it really does help us. Why did you choose Providence? Well, we're thrilled to be here. As you know, we were here some years back, I think it was 2008, mm -hmm. when um, the great Dr. Jack Case, which you mentioned, was president that year, mm -hmm. and Jack, I should mention, is uh, local arrangements chair this year. And we were really blown away by two things. One was the city of Providence. It has, you know, sort of all the charm of a small town, but all the the beauty and the sophistication and sort of the cosmopolitan atmosphere of a big city. So that was a big draw. And then the biggest draw was water fire. In fact, our theme, Spark Ideas Fuel Success, is based on water fire. We were sort of blown away by this cultural uh, art festival, um, and we just wanted to be part of it. And that, that, draw, that drew us back. Well, I, I'm so glad because I wonder how many people are returning that, it's, that saw it when we did it last in 2008? Or is, do you think there's a lot of people that are going to be attending the meeting that this is their first time seeing Waterfire? I think we're going to have a great mix. I think there are a lot of people who were blown away the first time we were here and are back for more. Mm -hmm. And we promoted the festival pretty heavily, so I know we have some first-timers as well. So we're excited about that, too. It's going to be a lot of fun. Now, yeah. do, you have, do you have something that you are specifically looking forward to uh, seeing or doing on Saturday? Knowing there are all these different parts of water fire. 
for me personally, mm-hmm. very excited about the boat ride. Uh, love to see the fires go be launched. Um, You're going to be lighting the fires. We'll be is... lighting a fire, which is mm-hmm. always good. Spark ideas fuel success. I think we'll be sparking. You'll be yeah. literally sparking all those fires. So we'll have we'll be giving you a torch, and yeah, um, you're going to be the ones kind of kicking off the whole event for us, which I think is great. And you know, the other thing that I really enjoyed talking to you about, Chris, is I mean. When we think about orthodontistry and you're talking about your passion and your calling, um, it really struck me when we first got together, we were talking about, you know, Water Fire being a big community event and different things that different groups are doing to help others. And I know that you were saying that there's a group of um, orthodontists and dentists that are going out and, and helping people who maybe could not afford um, orthodontic treatment. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, that's true. I'd love to talk about that. That's a, a program known as Donated Orthodontic Services. And this is a program that was launched in 2009 by the American Association of Orthodontists, sort of our parent organization. And it's a it's a program that we feel very strongly about and that NISO and all the NISO uh, states that are involved have become heavily involved in. Uh, what it is is um, Donated Orthodontic Services really reflects the concern among AAO leadership about access to orthodontic treatment for children in need. So we provided startup funding for pilot programs in five states, and one of them was Rhode Island. Uh, The AAO DOS program, we call it DOS, Donated Orthodontic Services. The mission really is to serve indigent children without insurance coverage or that don't qualify for other assistance in their state of residence. The program development is overseen and administered by Dental Lifeline Network, and it's the largest and most established dental charity providing access to comprehensive dental care to people with disabilities, the elderly, or people who are medically at risk. So how would right, so how does somebody um, get identified to be part of that program? Because that's that's really important. I mean, and it's expensive, isn't it? When you've got to try to fix a smile. At least I didn't do a good job fixing my smile. <laughs> yeah, you know, traditionally orthodontics could be prohibitively expensive years ago. Um, orthodontists in general, and I would say the whole dental community has been working hard to try to break down those barriers. Mm-hmm. Um, the way it works with, with donated orthodontic services is each state has one or two orthodontists who volunteer as statewide DOS program chairs, and they lead patient recruitment efforts, encouraging other doctors to volunteer and serve as liaisons with the participating orthodontists and the state orthodontic association leaders. Um, and that's how the, the programs are launched. It's been incredibly successful. As of March 2014, DOS programs have um, Served over 397 orthodontists have been involved. Uh, over 453 children have been placed with volunteer orthodontists, and we finished up almost 230 cases. So there are a lot of new smiles awesome. out there. Yeah, that, that's really really neat. And is this something like is this a program that you um, think is going to be growing and growing? Um, yes. The short answer is yes. It's Good. being expanded to 45 other states because of the success of the pilot program. So. We're just incredibly excited about it. Um, I'm based out of Vermont, and we're looking forward to getting our own program there. So we're looking to create a lot more smiles in a lot more places. That's really neat. And, you know, and I think that there's just the feeling that you must have, you know, when you're able to do that for somebody and, and provide that for somebody and see a smile. And do you ever follow up, I wonder, with the stories or, like, will you follow up with these, these kids as they get older? Because wouldn't it be cool to get, take snapshots? of them smiling and being happy and like what makes them smile. Yeah, you know, it's funny. That's the greatest part of being an orthodontist is seeing 
not only the technical change, you know, that's sort of the, the science of what we do, but the emotional change and sort of the, the change in the person connected to that smile is the most rewarding thing about what I do. And I think that's true for all my colleagues. And and we do intend to follow up with these children, and as we do with all of our patients. I think that's really awesome. So now, three days you're here, right, from the 10th? That's right. Yep, we're 13th. sort of launching on Friday. Um, we have continuing education going on for orthodontists to learn the most cutting-edge techniques so they can provide the best possible care for their patients. And that will be going on Friday, Saturday, and half of the day Sunday. Is there is there anything that would be very interesting for the public to know that's like new and cutting edge and that's really kind of taking us into another area as we look at orthodontistry? Yeah, that's a great question. So there's just so much going on. I think you, you touched on one thing. There's a big movement away from sort of the big metal appliances that we all remember from many years ago. There's a lot of innovative technology that's eliminating even things like impressions. Um, there's a lot of digital technology and scanning technology that's eliminating the need to uh, take impressions in people's mouths or, or use large appliances. It's it's an exciting time in orthodontics. Yeah, and it seems, I mean, I would think that it's like with anything, because we're moving so quickly, um, just technology-wise in general, that the things that you're able to now accomplish are, they've just... It, in the last 10 years, it's probably just grown leaps and bounds, I would think. It's true. There are cases that used to require a combination of braces and surgery to correct that we can now correct non-surgically, which is, you know, of course, a huge benefit to patients. Um, uh, Without getting into too many technical details, there are things called temporary anchorage devices that allow us to achieve movements we could never really achieve before without having someone spend a night in a hospital. And, um, and, you know, it's an exciting thing for us to be able to achieve, but more importantly, it, it, it changes lives. And, um, yeah, that's all going to be going on this weekend, so we'll be Great. learning quite a bit. And what else do you have planned for Providence while you're here? So we know water fires on Saturday. Oh, we have lots but... of good stuff. So we're going to be spending some time at the newly restored uh, Historic Public Library in downtown. It's beautiful. It's a gorgeous venue. We're going to do installation of our new officers. So uh, I am proud to be NISO president, but there's a brilliant person behind me, Dr. Christina Carter, who will be taking over uh, Friday night. You're passing the torch. I am indeed passing the torch. All right. Nice segue to the water fire piece. So we're doing that Friday. Uh, we're going to have a nice event over at the Omni Hotel with some of our sponsors in the big rotunda room. And then, of course, the uh, the culmination is the water fire event on Saturday night. We're all very excited about yeah, it. Yeah, and you got to take some of that free time and go stroll up on Federal Hill, see some of the beautiful restaurants out there. I know you've been to Federal Hill. I saw it in your video that you've got online. And actually, I put that video up. I hope you don't mind. It's going to be on our Facebook page because uh, it's just great. I'm slightly embarrassed, but we did go for a, a more humorous tone this year. Well, yeah, They've been great. somewhat stuffy in the past. I was told by the uh, the marketing guy we're going to do a Saturday Night Live type thing, and uh, and uh, I was the victim. So well, if anybody's out there, you've got to check out this video, and don't be embarrassed. It's just awesome because one, I think. For me personally, and I can say that sometimes whether it's a doctor or a dentist, there's a little bit of a fear about going, you know, and, you know, I think sometimes people can think that, you know, doctors and dentists are um, very serious people and very stuffy and they can be, you know, but you're not. Well, uh, we can be, but we were not stuffy in that video. No, you were uh, not. Yeah. <laughs> 
I think the video sort of sets the tone for the meeting. We're going to have fun, and we're going to learn. Well, I think, you know, we are so glad to have you back. Thank you for coming back to Providence, and thank you for coming back to Waterfire, and I cannot wait to see you light those fires, and I know the family's coming in, so I'll get to meet your family, right? They are very excited about it. My son is looking forward to riding in the boat. Yep, he's going to ride in the boat, and then we're going to have to show him all the living statues that are in Memorial Park, lots and lots of stuff to do, and you know what's happening um, on the river this weekend as well? Fish. We've got Japanese koi fish, over 57 of them mounted in canoes and kayaks that are going to be going through the river and through the fires. Oh, I love it. It's going to be awesome. Really, really good. Well, Chris, thank you so much for taking the time and joining us. I know that you've got a busy couple of days in front of you, but enjoy Providence, enjoy Rhode Island, and I'll see you on Saturday night at Waterfire. Can't wait. It's been my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Want to be involved in Rhode Island's largest volunteer-supported arts organization? Waterfire Providence has rewarding volunteer opportunities at every Waterfire lighting and throughout the week, every week. Our incredible volunteers make it all happen in a variety of ways, from being on the river to greeting guests and everything in between. There's truly something for everyone. Individuals and groups can get involved today. Email us at volunteer at waterfire.org or call 401-273-9727. And hello, 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 and welcome back. You are listening to Waterfire Ignites Rhode Island here on AM790, your station for talk in business. We just had a great conversation with uh, Dr. Chris Lundberg, and he's with NISO, a big annual meeting, the big sponsor for this weekend's lighting. But there is so much happening this weekend. And one of my favorite things that I'm really looking forward to is we are going to be celebrating with the Episcopal Diocese of Rhode Island 225 years of service here in Rhode Island, and they're doing some amazing things. And um, so I'm just going to cut right to the chase and say, Ben Sibilski, who is with the Episcopal Diocese of Rhode Island, welcome. Thank you. I'm so thrilled to be here today. I'm so psyched for, you know, when was it? About two months ago, you reached out, maybe even more than that, or three months ago, reached out and said, you know, I really want to do something at Waterfire because it's a big community celebration. So explain a little bit about the Episcopal Diocese, what this big milestone celebration is all about and what we can look forward to. So we are a religious diocese of Rhode Island, and we are thrilled to be a part of Waterfire this year. We really wanted to partner with you guys for this event um, in celebrating our 225 years um, because of the idea of Waterfire and the idea of fire sitting on top of water, two things that you normally wouldn't be able to see. And this year we're really focusing on that kind of reconciliation um, that of water and fire of people and communities and figuring out ways that we can position ourselves in the community of Rhode Island to facilitate conversations and um, bring people together and bring people to God as well. Well, because I remember when you um, first came to me, you had uh, reflected and and mentioned when we did our India and Pakistan alliance, which Mm -hmm. was a very difficult thing. We had double booked 
these two groups that normally would not have gotten along and did not want to do something on the same night. No. And we ended up actually bringing them together, which was really neat. It was and beautiful. When we were talking about that, there would seem to be a lot of the same connection with what the Episcopal Diocese is doing and trying to, again, start these um, conversations happening now about gender race gender race everything and then some uh this just a couple of months ago um, we were in salt lake city utah for our general convention where as a church we came together and not only said that we need to do more to address um, the issues of racial injustice in the world um, and also start recognizing same-sex marriage within our church community and allow for these people to celebrate in similar ways that other folks are able to celebrate their marriage. Um, so we're looking at multitudes of different ways to bring communities together and really focus on being that bridge and, and helping people to find new and better ways to interact with one another. Well, it's nice to hear about the progressive movement of the, you know, the churches, it's that things are moving along with the times, because I think sometimes we see things get stalled and old thought patterns, old behaviors and everything else. So that's why I found this to be really exciting. Because do you have a lot of other events that you've been doing throughout the year that kind of are um, related to the 225th? And we're doing a few things. We, um, we're planning it so that it coincides with our own diocesan convention, which is kind of like our year, yearly business meeting, similar to what the orthodontists are doing this, uh, this weekend. Um, and we bring together our 53 churches of the, of Rhode Island, and we all meet together and talk with one another. And this year, we're going to be looking at our past and looking towards the future and figuring out how best we can tell our stories to continue bringing people together and building a better future for everybody. And I know, and I'm so excited about this. We've got you you put together. Um, an absolutely wonderful lineup of religious choirs that are going to be singing from children's choirs to adult choirs on Steeple Street, yeah. which I think is just going to be awesome and inspiring. <laughs> We're working with the Choir School of Newport County. Um, they have two groups, the Professional choir Choirsters. Not a a choir, no, Choirsters. That's a hard word. It is a hard word. <laughs> um, but then we're also going to have the Newport Community Youth Choir singing along with us. And those two groups are going to be doing some more traditional songs, traditional hymns. Um, and then towards the end of the night, we're going to have a more contemporary music group, New Fire, come out and sing with us as well. Um, and it's going to be really energizing. Has their and name always been New Fire? Because I was writing the press release and I'm like, Water Fire, New, New Fire. Fire. Now, wait a minute. Happy coincidence. I know. So there'll be like a mix so there'll be some things that people will recognize but also as we go through the evening we're going to have it's upbeat a lot of upbeat everything is upbeat great um we're really trying to bring some good energy and bring some positive jesusy vibes to the event i think that's awesome and you know tell people what the symbol is this surprised me so our symbol our, our logo for the diocese is a shield with an anchor and a cross. Um, it looks like the state of Rhode Island. It's still. very similar, too. And, mm -hmm. and we have a phrase where the um, cross is our anchor. And um, we know that the anchor stands for hope here in Rhode Island. And our hope is in the Jesus's cross. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it, playing on that motif um, and also piggybacking, this year is also Rhode Island's 225th anniversary. Um, so we figured that we'd bring a fun little interactive to the event this this year and do hopes for Rhode Island. So we're asking folks that are attending Waterfire to come by our booth um, and write one of their hopes for Rhode Island, something that they would like to see 
for the betterment of Rhode Island. And we're going to hang those up for folks to view throughout the night. And then we're going to take them back to our parishes. Um, and uh, folks at Waterfire will be able to sign up for our Hope of the Week. And we're going to choose uh, Hope every week uh, at random mm-hmm. and send it out to our churches to keep that in mind that intention and use some positive energy and some prayer to try and bring about all of those positive changes that Rhode Islanders would like to see. So the choirs start at seven, right? Right. So from seven until 10. Yep. And then I know what time is the booth opening? The hopes seven, seven o'clock. We're going to be there the whole night with you guys. We're really excited to be there. Well, and I know also on steeple street, there'll probably be some artist vendors as well. I mean, just a great, that's just such a fun place. You put place. us in a great spot. We're yeah, really excited to be there. <laughs> it's going to be a great night. And I know that you've got a special table for kids to participate as yeah, well. Yeah, we're going to do a coloring craft for the kids. Yeah. Um, so that way it'll be fun for the whole family um, and really give families a chance to get to know the Diocese of Rhode Island. And hopefully they'll be able to find their own spiritual home there as well. Yeah, you know, I really look forward to it. It's, well, you've been to the Starfield at Waterfire, yes. right? And that's where, in the Starfield, which is in Memorial Park, that's where we have these wonderful blue stars, and people write all their wishes and dreams there, and also the Luminaria Candle Lantern. So very much on that same thought, and it's very cool to see what people write, because they write down their hopes or messages to loved ones, and they lay them out in the field. And I think we're going to see the same thing on Steeple Street, which to me is just great. And then little kids writing on angels. and Anytime somebody sharing their dream makes for a beautiful moment. So... I'm really excited to see what folks come out with. Yeah, and Waterfire is all about dreams anyway and bringing people together. So I think that there's a lot of uh, just good movement in what you're doing. And um, I know that you've got a lot of things, as you said, in the future that you're looking to do. Yeah. Uh, do you want to just give it a little uh, bit of a taster? So this year is the second year for our Jonathan Daniels House program, which is a home for young adults that choose to live in intentional community with one another. Um, and we work with them on getting placement for them in a local nonprofit. So this year we have an intern working with the United Way of Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have another one that is working with Farm Fresh Rhode Island mm-hmm. and um, another that is working with our charitable organization, Episcopal Charities. We take interns, Ben. I know. <laughs> um, and hopefully we'll be able to get one for next year. And we all, our fourth intern this year is placed at um, the new nonprofit that the diocese is founding, the Center for Reconciliation, um, which is another amazing thing that we're starting. So that's going to be a subsidiary of the Episcopal Diocese? or We're still in the very early stages, but yeah. right now we're kind of the catalyst that's getting everything off the ground and rolling for it. Right. Um, and we've started um, building the staff, and we have an amazing programs coordinator that's working with us. Um, and we're really building some powerful events to help tell the story of Rhode Island and more specifically the Episcopal Church's role in the transatlantic slave trade. Um, Not too many people realize how big of a role Rhode Island played. Um, Over over a thousand plus ships were sent out from Bristol, Newport, and Providence um, and sent down to Africa to trade rum for slaves, take the slaves to Cuba, trade them for sugar, and bring it all right back home. Um, So we're really looking forward to being honest and having some honest discussions with the community about how best the center can position themselves to set the stage to start dealing with what's happening now in our communities and be a 
collaborator and a convener for these community organizations and these community members to really come together and have a safe place to share what's going on. Well, it's a sign of the times. I mean, every time I'm turning on the news, like recently, it seems like there's people clashing and we're forgetting that we're all human beings. And so just the fact that we can bring up those conversations, keep things moving and keep bringing our community together. Again, that's what Water Fire is all about. It's what you're looking to do as well. And that's what you're all about. Out, it seems so. Um, we are so excited. I can't wait to see those little choristers. I'm never going to get that word. Choirsters. A choir. We're going to call them choirsters. Oh, like choirs that. or singers. I'm sure I'll um, get corrected on, later on in the show. <laughs> I know, huh? On Saturday. But we've got a lot going on. Also opening up on Saturday, Tycho Drummers are going to be performing on the Basin stage. It's the most beautiful, wild call to action. And our Dr. Chris, who will be lighting the fires in the Basin, is going to be hearing lots of Tycho Drummers. Um, but everyone, uh, please go to the Waterfire website. Sunset is at 7.02 p.m. on Saturday. It's going to be a great night, Fish on the Water. Water, people singing hopes and dreams, celebrations, and lots of smiles. Thank you to Niso for helping us put this fire on. Everyone, you're listening to uh, Water Fire Ignites Rhode Island here on AM790, your station for talk and business. Thanks for spending the hour with us, and uh, we'll see you down by the riverside. Mm-hmm.